0: i yeah.
1: I think once it gets to zero, it should get, do a negative countdown. So then you know, right?
2: Exactly. <laughs> I, I think it is.
0: <laughs> Good morning. It's great to have you all here worshiping with us. For those of you that don't know, I am Pastor Jake. And I am just so glad that you're here with us this morning. Now, I'm going to read a little bit of scripture. So I'm going to ask that you go ahead and stand up with me this morning. And we're going to dive into our time of worship together. Shout for joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies cringe before you. All the earth bows down to you, they sing praise to you, they sing the praises of your name. Let's worship this morning by greeting one another and we'll dive in together.
1: Got some dusting to do.
3: through this whole set, you are welcome to do that. If you get tired and you want to sit down or you want to worship from your chair, that's fine. I just invite you all to worship how you feel comfortable this morning. We just want to praise the Lord together.
1: So and if you want Mr. to dance Child, on the aisles, that's fine. you can do that too. If you want to get out your flag, don't it's do fine
3: that. fine Except for you, you stop.
1: Don't do that. Okay, this is a clapper. <laughs> Here we go. Forgot how this one goes. That That was
3: awesome. Well, let's keep worshiping the Lord together. Father God, we are here for you. We dedicate this time to you. This is for you, it's about you. I thank you for being the faithful God of the universe where we can go to the well that never runs dry. We can come and eat the richest of fare. Thank you, Father, for being that for us. Red
1: am not God. Somehow the world is convincing us that we are, that we have lots of power, that we have lots of say. If we just lay down the right rules, our kids will turn out great. If we say the right thing to our boss, they will change their mind. just make more money all this stuff will go away Moses spoke to the people on the verge of the Red Sea and he said clearly to them do not be can you guess afraid as they're standing on the verge of the Red Sea do not be afraid stand firm God. Stand firm and watch God, not Todd. Stand firm and watch God do his work of salvation. Stand there and watch him work. Take a good look at the Egyptians. you're never going to see them again your enemy your barrier the wall that can, you can never seem to get through the troubles that haunt you the fear that you wake up with every day stand still and watch them go away because it says right here God will do his work it's not your work It's his work. Do you have the courage? Do you have the guts to just stand there and watch him? And honestly, we sang a song earlier. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. For you have never failed me yet. Does anyone have a problem with that? In your experience, does it feel like God has failed you? And I'm I'm going to say maybe the only one in this room, yes, I feel like that. I think the truth is, what I want from God and what God desires from me is two completely different things. Do you hear me? Yes. What I think God needs to do isn't necessarily what the almighty creator of the world thinks right. is best. Right. Did Praise you hear you. that? Praise so we have to be still and let him do what his way is best his thoughts are way beyond my thoughts this scripture continues God will fight the battle for you and you Todd you need to keep your mouth shut don't laugh that loud God will fight the battle for you you need to keep your mouth shut watch the news lately? Be still and know that He is God. Are you unemployed? Does your marriage suck? Are your kids completely out of control? Are you way underwater in credit card debt? Be still. Shut up. And know that He is God and His ways are way higher than your ways. Amen? It's been a while. Be still and know that I am God.
2: Be still
4: said, and I got a strong sense from the Holy Spirit that there were some particular things he wanted to accomplish this morning. And I think there's some healing that he wants to do today. Here's what I want to do. If, 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 if you have come here today and you are in need of healing, physical healing, emotional spiritual relational healing if there's if you need God to do something in you today i want to invite you just to come and just stand right here just line up anybody that that wants healing today you know who you are just line up right here
0: standing or kneeling
4: whichever we're going to be still and know that he is God. He is our healer. Um I'm telling you that I I I do not proclaim to have any kind of healing gift or anything like that, but I'm just sensing when the when the Holy Spirit wants to do something we're just going to let him do it. Amen? All I'm asking from, from you today is that you would just simply believe, and I believe that coming, making these steps up to this place, you've already made a statement of belief in who he is and what he can do. And I want to ask our ordained elders, our pastors, board members, our prayer team, if you would just come and and find somebody to stand behind today. And what I'm asking you folks to do is stretch out a hand, just place it on a shoulder in front of you, and you're gonna pray over these folks while they pray. the rest of the church i'm asking you just to stretch out your hand in front of you we're just going to call on the name of the lord as we have been doing through song we're going to do so through speech now jesus you are god in heaven and on earth you are our creator you are our sustainer you are our deliverer you are our healer you are our all in all you are our portion our strength, our shield. And we call on your name today because number one, you are worthy. Regardless of what you accomplish in our bodies, in our lives, in our relationships, in our finances, whatever it is that we're asking for today from you, regardless of what you do or don't do, you are worthy of our praise. And so we offer it to you simply because of who you are but you came with power to accomplish things that we could not and cannot accomplish ourselves there are folks that are, are lined up here that 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 doctors have have said, this is all we can do for you. This is the best that we can do for you. There are people lined up here that have been offered little hope or or minimum hope for what can be accomplished in their bodies or in their situations. Yet we stand before the almighty God as what has already been declared knowing that nothing is impossible for you. There is not one thing that is impossible for you, and that is the declaration that is on our lips today. So we just declare our belief in who you are and in what you can do. And we simply ask for your good and your pleasing and your perfect will to be released and accomplished in us. So for those that are praying for physical healing right now, I'm asking Holy Spirit that you will release the floodgates of your power into their bodies at a cellular, at a molecular level, and that you would repair what needs to be repaired, regenerate what needs to be regenerated. Whatever that needs to be done, whatever needs to be made right, that you would do so. So that they could walk out of this place today able to walk out your good and pleasing and perfect will. Offer praise and glory, bring praise and glory to your name to those that are around them who are like, "How did this happen?" Well, I know this guy, and his name is Jesus. That's what our lives are about: bringing testimony, bearing witness to who you are and what you can do. For those that are that are asking for emotional healing today. You know the journey, the road, the broken road that has brought them to this moment. And I'm asking that you would intersect their emotions and their pain, their, their conflictedness inside of them, the emotional barriers that have been built up because of whatever has happened. I'm asking that you would deliver them right now because you declared it is for freedom that Christ has set us free and that is what you want for them now. That they could walk out of this place free from the burdens that were were burying them as they even came into this place today. That includes those that might be asking for relational healing, a request that can be quite tricky because it does involve another human being with their free will. So we acknowledge today that you have the power and the authority to bring influence into the other, on the other side of the brokenness. But on our side, show us what we need to do, how we can choose to walk through forgiveness and be a shining light to the other. For those that are have come here today, maybe asking for some kind of financial healing or deliverance, I'm asking that you would pour your plan into their hearts and their minds that they would be able to understand the steps that they can take starting today and beginning to walk out of that cavern of debt begin to experience financial freedom in their lives. Maybe there are other Areas that are being asked for, but we simply ask, Holy Spirit, that you would release your healing power in us and through us now. Walking
1: around. foundation
4: confidence today. Right now in this moment, we are going to celebrate what God has and is and is going to do. And we're just going to simply do do that by giving an awesome clap offering to who God is and what he can and is and is going to do. Can you join me in that? This is our confidence. Who He is, who He is, is a reflection, it it, it reflects what He has done, that's why we dig into the Word, what He's doing right now, and maybe some are experiencing that, you can feel it. But there's also a going to do. We walk by faith in this thing. Who knows what he's going to accomplish from this point forward. That is our confidence. And if you believe in that, shout amen. Amen. You may have a seat. Woo. Holy Spirit is here today. Mm. I want to invite our, our ushers as we continue this these acts of worship. I want to invite our ushers to come. And 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 maybe this is a step for if if you were asking for some kind of deliverance or help in, in the finances, may, maybe this is your place to start. I could not. I you could just not begin to trust.
1: I mean, Sarah, get up here and sing quickly. You please. can.
4: You might want to kill uh, Todd's mic there. He hasn't turned it off yet. No, I think that was <clears> fine. A, of taking that first step, and uh, so th- you know, this is just kind of one of the things we do. We we trust him um, w- with our finances. That's that's why we purpose to bring our gifts, our tithes, and our offerings to him. If you have not tested him in this, Malachi chapter three, I encourage you to go there, check it out. He says it: test me in this and see the kind of amazing blessings that I will pour out into your lives, why we do this. So Jesus, you are our provider. Thank you for the provision that has come and the provision that is coming. Take what we have to offer you today, use it, bless it, multiply it, accomplish your kingdom purposes with it, build your church with it, we pray in Christ's name, amen. Amen. Oh, kids, yes, you've got your offering, special Joyful Giving bucket up here. Don't, don't miss out on that, and then you can follow Miss McKenzie out to Children's Church when when you're done. While all that's happening, I just want to share with you a few things that, that are happening around here in, in this church family. First of all, I hope you received... A, a welcome sheet on your way in. It's not filled with a lot of details, but it definitely points you to the place that you want to go for details. That's our website, woodlandlifecenter.com. Um, we have made that and are making that our go-to place for information. Of course, you can always call the church office if if you want to talk to someone about that as well. But a couple of events that are coming up on, on uh, February the 2nd, it's a Saturday. That, we're, we're having our leadership training, our first one of this year, right here in this room. From 9 a.m. to, uh, we'll try to be done before noon. If you are a, a, in any kind of leadership role in this fellowship, we really urge you to plan on joining us for that. If you're interesting in, in, interested in growing in your leadership, we encourage you to come to that. Any, This is a y'all come event, so if you just want to understand more about leadership, uh, we've got a couple of things in particular we're digging into that day. Our church's vision and then some goal setting stuff, some really great material that we're covering. Very particular stuff that day. If there's any way that you can make it, if you can find a couple hours to free yourself up to be here, come for that. We'll have some breakfast foods here. And um, just an opportunity for all of us to grow a little bit um, personally. Sunday before that, though, it's the last Sunday of this month. That's next week, right after the morning service. We're going to have a meeting about our mission trip to Gambella, Africa. So if you're planning on going to Gambella, Africa, you really need to make it a point to be here next Sunday. If you want to find out more information about it, just curious about it, please join us as well. We're Looks like we're going to take about 10 folks or so to Gambella, um, but we got all the details in order, costs and everything, dates and so if you want to know more about that next Sunday, right after church, probably right over here, we're going to gather up and have a chat about that, okay? Now <clears throat> I told you that uh, the first Sunday of February, we're going to launch a preaching series that's going to carry us all the way to the end of November as we're going to attempt to cover Genesis to Revelation as best as we can and really try to get a grasp on the wholeness, the the completeness of Scripture. What I want to do today and next week is is try to address the question why 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 is that important why is it important to know the whole of scripture and i think that the bible itself can answer that question so in a bit of a different kind of a preaching format than what I normally do. There's a couple of verses that I really want to highlight for us that I think offer some strong answers to that. The first one is found in 2 Timothy. And we're going we're gonna to pull this up. So, Doug, if you want to go ahead and throw that up on the screen. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. Now, with this up here, if you've got your Bibles open, I'm actually going to start the reading just a couple of verses before that because what he says leading up to that is is really strong and profound. This is the Apostle Paul, and he's writing this letter to his spiritual son, Timothy, this this man that he is, is, is discipling, okay? And he says, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those uh, because uh, continue what you have learned and have become be convinced of because you know those from whom you have learned it and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through through faith in Christ Jesus all scripture is god breathed and is useful for teaching rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Well, Timothy obviously has grown up in the Word. And Paul is exhorting him. Paul is encouraging him, urging him. Continue in that. Cling to it. Study it. Chew on it swallow it take it in and as you're doing so realize that all of it is useful all of it not just portions of it not just certain kind of literary forms that you can find here or there inside of the two covers but all of it is useful helpful functional for what rebuking, teaching, correcting, training. Now who here enjoys rebuking? Just me? Nobody enjoys that, right? Nobody wants to be corrected, really. Nobody really especially wants to be rebuked. But we understand that sometimes because of our humanness, because of our tendency to go the wrong direction to screw it up to make the wrong choices the fact is the word comes and just kind of smacks us in the face sometimes because you know what we need to be rebuked occasionally and you want that believe me you want that because if god didn't love you enough to rebuke you guess what you would be lost forever If God didn't love me enough to rebuke me, I would be lost forever. That that is the truth of us. So though we don't like it, we need it. And and I'm not just talking about unbelievers. I'm talking to the church. Sometimes we, we just need that to happen to kind of wake us up, shake us out of our Whatever it is that we're doing, pull us out of the ditch that we have fallen into. Because we're, we're human. And we never lose our power to choose. Our free will is constantly in play. doesn't matter how long you've been walking with Jesus, your free will is still in play. Think about it. It's just, it's just fact for you. You know, you you made choices. You made, you probably made a hundred choices already this morning that that got you to the place that you're at right now in this moment. And there are a thousand more choices out ahead of you today. All scripture is God-breathed, and is useful for teaching rebuking correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work and when 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 we engage in something when we take on a task when you start in a new job for instance don't you want to be as well equipped to pull it off as you possibly can be i mean don't you don't you want to feel empowered and knowledgeable to to move forward and 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 accomplish what you're setting out to do with excellence i mean that surely that's kind of the norm we 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 don't want to walk in ignorance you you don't you don't want to um be doing a job that you have no idea what you're doing. That's scary. And there's so many bad things that can happen. And I think that's what Paul's talking about here. All of scripture is, is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, but, but for, for the, for so that we can walk out what God has for us. In other words, he, he does not want us to be functioning in ignorance now I'm not using the word ignorance in a in a judgmental way I mean ignorance and and simply like the lack of knowledge the lack of information I mean the word ignorance in its purest form okay just simply lacking the knowledge I just didn't know That's the ignorance I'm talking about. And Paul is saying that that should not be a part of our equation. That should not be a part of the faith walk, the faith journey, the faith equation. We we really should not be ignorant. Because all scripture is God-breathed and is useful. In other words... if you just took a small passage, even a verse like this, and soaked on it in the morning, it's gonna be some kind of use to you. It's gonna have some kind of positive functionality for you, regardless of if it's at the beginning, the middle, or the end. If we believe this verse to be true, all of it is useful if we would just open it so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every raised in the holy scriptures realizing that all of them point to Christ and the need for him to have faith in Christ all of it serving that purpose in his life. And then turn forward to Hebrews. Just a few books ahead, not very many pages. Hebrews chapter 4. We're unsure who wrote this book. It, It could have been the same author Probably not. We're, we're unsure who wrote this. But this particular letter goes to the Jews, to, to the Hebrews. It's really why we call it what we call it. <clears throat> and it says, For the word of God is alive and alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. By the way, this is Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And he goes on to say this, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight, Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. And every time I read that verse, I immediately think, man, that is like one of the scariest verses in Scripture. Uh, Just a real stark reminder that he is the all knowing God of all the universe. And everything that's happening, not just outside of ourselves, but everything that's happening inside of ourselves, he knows about it. Right here, everything is laid bare before him. Now, though, uh, though my immediate human response is, wow, that's really scary, the fact is, it's really awesome. Because it immediately reminds me about how amazing his grace is. And his mercy really is. Because without his amazing grace and mercy, I would deserve pure judgment. But he has enveloped me and drawn me to him by his grace and his mercy. Even though, in spite of the fact that he that everything about who I am is laid bare before him to whom I'm going to have to give account to. But in regards to the word, for the word of God is alive and active. Let me just pause there for a moment. Think, think about this. Have you? I know you've experienced this, but I'm just going to ask it in question anyways. Have you experienced where you read the same verse for the 172nd time in your life and it still finds that it still relates to you right in the moment that you're in. Or you'll find that you, there's something new in there. You're like, how did I not see that before? That is the aliveness of the word. And that is awful English, okay? I admit it. But that is the aliveness of the word. For the word is living and active. It's, it's alive and it's active. Sharper than any double-edged sword. So in other words, it, it, can, it, it, it can cut on both sides. And then the next word is that it, it says it penetrates. It, 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 it punctures in. I know I've experienced that before, where I'm just kind of going along my merry way, and all of a sudden I am gutted by the word. And he just said, And this is this is for me where I will I will tend to experience his rebuke and his correcting. Where he's like just punctures me, he's like turns me around. And um again, that is that is the grace and the mercy of the Almighty coming through his word, cutting to the core of who we are and and adjusting us, turning us, shifting us. And even if it means breaking us and remaking us and to the into the people that he longs for us to be. You've heard me say it. A hundred million times. So here's a hundred million and one. This is a transformational process that we are involved in here. If you've said yes to Jesus, if you have bought into His plan, and you've experienced His forgiveness, His grace, and His mercy at work, understand that that wasn't a that wasn't a final action. That was a starting gun on a journey of transformation. That again, no matter how long or how short of amount of time you've been walking with Jesus, you are are inside of that transformational process. And the Word of God is the most important ingredient that you need to, to be involved in to make this recipe really unfold. I'm telling you, I'm convinced of this. You will not grow spiritually if you are not into the Word. Thank you for saying that. I'm going to say it again because I know all of you believe that. You will not grow spiritually if you are not into the word. Good. I'm convinced of that. And and let me tell you, if this is your only feeding time, okay, if this is the only time Sunday mornings, whether it's here or in, in another church worship experience, if once a week is it for you, understand you are, you're starving yourself. And you can, you can look at your life and, and maybe you've wondered why, why why do I struggle so much? Well, are you are you seeking counsel here? Why am I so weak in my faith? Well, are you being strengthened? It's it's no different than it is with our physical bodies. What's going to happen to our physical bodies if we're not feeding our bodies? Weakness, ultimately death. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword that can pierce so deeply that it can even bring judgment to the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart which is a phenomenal statement that any uh, psychologist that, that you would pay money to go sit down and, and, and you would ask them why is it that I'm doing what I'm doing they would probably pull out a, a little chart and they would say well what are you thinking about because what you're thinking about is going to lead to ultimately what your behaviors are. Right? Any any psychologist worth their salt is going to have some kind of chart flow like that. Here it is right here in scripture that the word of God is so powerful, so strong, so poignant that it can it can get inside of our our thought life so that it the transformational process can start there see if you judge a tree by its fruit which is what jesus told us that we were able to do if you judge the orange tree by the kind of oranges that pop out of it well guess what the orange tree doesn't just go i'm going to pop out an orange there is a there is a process that is taking place from the roots of that tree flowing all the way up into it that that begin to create and produce that kind of fruit. Folks, that that is the that is a perfect picture of our spiritual journey. We have got to have the word so infiltrating our lives, so infiltrating our brains, our thought processes that it's able to transform them and renew them. Our church's verse that we cling to that sets our mission statement. Therefore, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to him. This is your spiritual act of worship. Conform no longer to the patterns of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you can know and experience, walk out his good and his pleasing and his perfect will. I don't have to ask. If you're in this room today, of course you want to know God's will for your life. If you want that kind of fruit, that kind of result, Is the transformational work of the Holy Spirit through his scriptures happening in your brainstem so that that transformational work begins to produce the fruit of walking out his good and pleasing and perfect will. That's what Romans 12, 1 and 2 says. just goes right alongside. So let me read this again. For the word of God is alive and active, Sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, judging the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. And then we're going to go backwards to Romans chapter 11 <laughs> where do I have us starting that reading Doug right at verse 11 11 11 that's right Let's consider this the same author, for sure. Uh, with Second Timothy, this is the same author. This is Apostle Paul, and he's addressing a, a a real struggle, and it's a struggle that still exists today. What what about the Jews who who have who have rejected Christ for the most part, and in, in generally speaking, and here we are over two thousand years later, and it's still. The, mostly the reality, and he's, and he's trying to address the reality of that, speaking to the church. He says again, I ask, did they stumble so as to fall beyond recovery and he's just pointing to israel's history, Old Testament stuff, not at all, rather. Because of their transgression, salvation has come to the Gentiles to make Israel envious. So he's pointing to something really interesting. A, a, a change has taken place. And by the way, Jesus prophesied that this would take place. He gave a parable about offering a banquet, and all the wealthy people, all the, all the important people that he invited to the banquet refused. And so he opened up the back doors, and the, the vagrants and the street folks came in from the back. Okay. Okay. That's us, Gentiles. Anybody Jewish in here today? Any, any Jews? Okay, so I'm sp- this is us, okay? We have one. The rest of us are Gentiles in this room, okay? So we're those, we're those backdoor, urchin street people that we, we, got, we got secondary invitation into this. We were not primarily invited into this. We were secondarily invited into this. And he goes on to describe this. Because of their transgression, the Jews saying no, salvation has come to the Gentiles to make Israel envious. But if their transgression means riches for the world and their loss means riches for the Gentiles, how much greater riches will their full inclusion bring? I'm talking to you Gentiles. Inasmuch as I am the apostle to the Gentiles, I take pride in my ministry and the hope that I may somehow arouse my own people to envy and save, hopefully, some of them. For if their rejection brought reconciliation to the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? If the part of the dough offered as first fruits is holy, then the whole batch is holy. If the root is holy, so are the branches." Consider this. Scripture, the Bible, is a Jewish book. Now, that may be a surprising thing that you're hearing from me. Maybe you had not considered that before. This is... not so much a Christian book as it is a Jewish book. There's only one author involved in this book. And by the way, we're talking about nearly 1,500 years of authorship from the time of Moses until the the last words of the letters of the New Testament were written. 1,500 years stretch from start to finish the words of scripture being penned. I mean think about that kind of stretch. Go backwards 15 year 1500 years from now. You're in 500 AD. Does anybody even know 500 AD? I can't even think right now what's happening in 500 AD. A huge stretch of time that all scripture being God-breathed was was brought into fruition. it was really fascinating to me and maybe you haven't thought of this either when when Timothy is told all scripture is God breathed and all the holy scriptures that you have been that you've grown up with continue to cling to those I want to tell you something really interesting Paul was not thinking about the New Testament when he said that he was thinking about the Old Testament only At the time that he wrote those words, that's the only portion of scripture that existed. The New Testament had not been canonized yet. It had not not officially been pulled together and and identified as the inspired word of God. I'm not trying to wreck your New Testament faith here, okay? I'm trying to explain something to you because... There are people, okay, I'm just going to tell a hilarious story from from Sarah's family. One of her grandmothers, okay, this was a number of years ago, wanted to give her grandson a Bible. And so she did. She bought him a Bible, but she duct taped the entire Old Testament up. because she did not want him seeing some of that sketchy stuff in the Old Testament. Now that's funny. But but it's a true story, okay? And and understand that this is this again comes out of that purest form of ignorance. I don't mean ignorance in the negative way, but it's just she she could not comprehend the importance of the Old Testament, of what of what the Old stories have to do with how they set the stage for what happens in the new understand church you you pull out old testament you have you have nothing to fulfill what is jesus fulfilling if he's fulfilled all the law and the prophets well what is that we, we we've removed if you take that away you can't begin to know what jesus has fully done so when Paul says to Timothy, all Scripture is God-breathed, really what he, he has in mind at that point is not his own words. Paul's not so arrogant that he's going to believe about himself that his words that he's writing down are going to become Scripture. But his words are so powerful and poignant and so filled of the, with the Holy Spirit that immediately the church begins to recognize that his letters are inspired. And so they begin to pay attention to other letters. Well, well, what did Peter have to say when he wrote his words down? And they start paying attention to these Gospels. And, and, and then the church at, at the Council of Nicaea, they begin to throw these letters out on the table, and they begin to talk about them, and they, and, they, and they separate out the ones that are not inspired, and they keep the ones that are inspired, and they canonize them, as we call it. And, that, and they say, this is what we are called today the New Testament. So even though Paul is saying to Timothy, all scripture is God breathed and and his mindset is Old Testament, it's okay for us to go, but really he's talking about his own letters as well. All scripture, Old Testament to the New Testament, God breathed and inspired. Paul is saying here in Romans chapter 11, to us Gentiles, folks, we are grafted in There is a root in place. The root of Jesse is is what it's referred to. This Jewish root, this Old Testament root, this, this root reality is in place. We were not initially invited into this, but this root has rejected Jesus. And so the invitation has been brought to us those that were on the outside and we've, we've been grafted in after the fact. Well, if you're not excited about that, I don't know how to get you excited because we weren't born with the right to believe on Jesus. We don't have son and daughtership, sonship and daughtership because of our genealogy ours is because we've been adopted the phenomenal thing about adoption folks is that one person chooses another person takes on the expense of choosing someone and and that choice is I'm going to choose to love you Regardless, that is the beauty of adoption. And, folks, that is what God has done for us. And has given us communion with Him through His Word, which is living and active. God breathed all the way through, start to finish and is so powerful that it can accomplish its transformational work in us and ultimately through us. That is why. That is why I believe it's so important for us this year to make our way through it, start to finish. Now, obviously, there's 66 books in the Bible and there's only 52 weeks in a year, so... What, I, what we're trying to accomplish, we're not going to be thorough. So leave thorough at the door as you're coming in. We're going to pull the microscope back quite a bit this year and, and, and try to gain an understanding of, you know what this is? What a great way to describe this, it's a love letter. We're going to try to grab on to as best as we can and understand this love letter from our creator, from our Abba Father to us, his adopted sons and daughters. You pray with me. Jesus, we, we, we choose to dig. We choose to dig because you chose us. thank you for these these verses that we we've, we've dug into today the the humbling reality that that we've been grafted in that that you've invited us into this amazing thing this relationship with you our creator though we don't deserve this it's what you've chosen and you you've, you've you've adopted us because we just simply agreed to this journey with you. And then you empowered us with your word that's living and active, fully inspired, God breathed by you, so that when we choose to dig, it's fruitful, it's functional, it it is, teaches us and it shapes us and it molds us and it corrects us and even rebukes us when we need that that it's functionality is real and it's relevant and it's practical somehow these words that span a history that, that we can't really fathom even though it's, it's timelined 1500 years worth of ancient history. And yet these words are living and active right now, accomplishing life-giving and life-transformational purposes in us right now on the other side of the planet 2,000 years later. Man, it has to be inspired. There's just no other answer. And so we choose to dig just as was instructed to Timothy. All that we've grown up in, all the scriptural knowledge that we've received over the years, we've, we fan all that stuff into flame as we continue to dig. And that's part of the fun and the living and active part is stuff that we studied even in Sunday school as, as, as children, we can read it again, and it's, and it's alive today, and it's fresh. It's not just a, a Sunday school story, but it's relevant to us as adults, no matter what age we are. So we choose to dig. Thank you for what has been accomplished through our digging and what will continue to be accomplished because of our continual Digging. And we pray these things in Christ's name. Everybody said. Hey, before I say a blessing over you, I got a, a picture I want you to see. Emerson Spencer Green, Scott, Pastor Scott and Rachel's baby was born um, Friday evening, six pounds, six ounces. Isn't that great? The best news is he's healthy and mama's healthy. And what a great way to start. So I wanted you to see and meet him, and and I'm sure we'll get to actually physically meet him next week, I hope. Um, But that was a very exciting thing. So, hey, will you stand with me? I want to say a blessing over you as we head off empowered into our week. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you. Be gracious to you. May he fill you with his peace and his presence and fill you with his word. Okay, have an amazing one. See you next Sunday.